Father, how grateful we are for this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you give us this opportunity to come here as your people, as your words say, as your song said, you love us. You love us so much. You love us so much that we, we remembered you last week that you died and rose again. You love us so much that you died in that cross for us to be rescued. Father, thank you so much that today is a day that you gave us and we rejoice and we're glad in you, Lord. And today, Lord Jesus, we want to live our life for you. We want to glorify you. And Lord Jesus, we pray that as we hear your word, Lord Jesus, may you speak to us, touch us, remind us of something. And Lord Jesus, may you bless us this morning. Father, again as well, we pray for our pastors and may you be with them where in Mozambique, Lord Jesus. May you bless their ministry that side. May they touch lives, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for this day. We pray and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me say, so we are in the book of Ruth this morning. Ruth, it's a book in the Old Testament, not new. It's in the Old Testament, and it's found between the book of Judges and First and Second Samuel. Great, great. While you're going there, I just want to share a story with you, a quick story with you this morning, and, and then we'll carry on. I was just about to finish my third year in my studies. It was in Peter Marisberg. And obviously the plan was for me to go back to, to, to Mozambique and do ministry that side. But I got this surprise invitation, an invitation that I really did not expect. So uh, a pastor uh, at Christ Church Pine Town, uh, that side of Kesedan still, his name was, uh, uh, it was, he was a bishop, Bishop Warwick Cole Edwards. He, he was my lecturer at the college. So, and then he invited me and they said, Chico, please come work with us. Uh, come to run the, the ministry that side. Or more especially, it's a youth ministry. Well, I found it very surprising for him to invite me to go there. Why? First, I was a foreigner. Okay, a foreign national. I was not. I'm not South African. I'm saying I was. I'm. I'm still not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I was. I'm a foreigner. So a foreigner. Second, I didn't speak English very well. I think even today you can still see my accent still coming. I'm Portuguese speaking. So English is my third, fourth language. So I'm learning still. And thirdly, I'm black. I was going to this white. 99% white church. I was actually by the first staff member, black staff member in that church. So I'm black man going in this white church and then run the youth ministry. Let me just give you the context of this middle school youngster of Model C school. They speak this English like the one with the Woolwood one, you know? Yeah, right? <laughs> that English. <laughs> anyway, you drink water and then you speak different English. And <laughs> Yeah, that type of English. So this guy comes, a Portuguese speaking, he doesn't know uh, very well English, and with so much accent, he comes and teach them. And guess what happened? The first day of my, 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 my work, I'm running this YouTube ministry, I'm started speaking to them, and they start laughing. They laugh, I was like, what's going on? 
Why is this guy laughing? And then, later on, I realized, I found that actually they are laughing because of my accent. Because of my broken English. I believe it was uh, very rude of them, right? It was very rude of them. But on the other side, probably there was one other thing, probably they could not have laughed, but he, these guys, they grew up speaking English, they go to this best school, English is like awesome and perfect for them, and this guy with a broken English coming to teach them, hello? That's like unheard of. But that's what happened. But it, it really affected me at that moment when they are laughing, because when I went in my room that night, I cried. I was like, God, what did you bring me here? To be laughed at? Why am I here? What am I doing here? Why me? I remember very well the words of philosopher, uh, his name was Kierkegaard, he's a German philosopher. He said this word, I want you to hear this. He said this word, life is best understood backwards, but we have to leave it forward. So there will be a point in your life that you will get frustrated with God. You might be in a place where your life seems to make no sense. Your, your life might be filled with random events that they don't connect to each other. You might be in the place that you're asking the same question I asked. Why me? Why now? Why here? Am I speaking to someone here this morning? Today, when I look back, remember what Kierkegaard said? It's best understood backward. Today, when I look back, I see why God, me, God put me in that place. Why God put me in that place in that moment. If I look back and I see, in my time in South Africa, I lived in Kesedan, in Peter Marisberg, I lived in Pinetown or in this church where I was, and then I lived in, in Cape Town, now I'm in Pretoria. But let me tell you that he, uh, in Pinetown where I was, where this youngster, they, they were giving me a hard time, I've built there the best relationship I could ever think of. Those guys, they became the best friends of mine. By God's grace, many of them, their life were changed. Until today, I will say probably 99 of them, because I'm in touch with all of them, they're still loving Jesus and following Christ. They're in church, they're serving, they're doing all these amazing things. But not only that, from there, I went to further my study in Cape Town, and what happened is that I... I got a, a scholarship, but then I needed like a, other pocket money, but other stuff for books and other stuff. And guess who were paying for it? Those guys were laughing at me. <laughs> Can you see? When I look back, I understand it. But it was, that time when I was there, I was crying. Say, why? There is, so let me say this. God wants us to understand that nothing in our lives happened by accident or by coincidence, but it happened by his providence. I want to speak to you about the providence of God this morning. Hallelujah. 
The providence of God is seen in our lives in an incredible way. God has not deserted you in any way. Let's go to the book of Ruth. And Ruth, she is a Moabite woman. Political speaking, she's an immigrant or foreigner. She's, a, she's from another country. She wakes up one morning, let me give you just a summary of what we'll be talking about in, in chapter two. She wakes up in one morning, she went to work because she was a widower and together with her mother-in-law, uh, mother so they didn't have any food. So she had to go and work. By, go, by coincidence, hear me here, by coincidence, she went to glean at Boaz field. By coincidence, Boaz noticed her. By coincidence, Boaz showed her favor. By coincidence, Boaz protected her by telling other men, don't touch her. By coincidence, Boaz, Boaz provided for her. The text say that she ate until she was satisfied. Later on, if you continue reading the book of Ruth, chapter 2, you'll hear that Bo, uh, what happened. By coincidence, Boaz decided to redeem her and marry her. By coincidence, later on in chapter, like in the book, if you continue to read in Samuel, so on, you find out that by coincidence, Ruth became the grand, grandmother of David, the king. By coincidence, again, if you continue reading, you find that Ruth became part of genealogy of Jesus. How great is that? But then, I'm pointing out to you this morning this. I'm saying coincidence. By coincidence. By coincidence. Do you think it was a coincidence? No. Not at all. Well, Saint, let us tell you this morning that Ruth's life was filled with one and one and one thing only. It's called God's providence. Hallelujah. God's providence. This tells us that nothing and nothing and nothing in our life happened by coincidence. It was not coincidence that Ruth went in that field. It was not coincidence that Boaz noticed her. It was not coincidence. It was God at work all the time. What happened in our lives is either God has decreed it or has allowed it. Do you guys remember in the book of Job, what happened in the book of Job? In the book of Job, we are told that Satan had to go to God and ask permission to touch Job. Are you with me here? What's happening here is nothing in your life that happened by accident. Is everything decreed or allowed by God? So Satan had to go and ask God, God, can I touch Job? The same thing you and me, if Satan wants to touch you, if something is happening in your life, God knows about it. He has to ask permission. Are we together here? This morning I want to show you that God is actually actively involved in your life. He's actively involved in your lives, and it's called God's providence. So here's the question this morning. Let's ask this question. How do I know that God is involved in my life? How do I see the providence of God manifesting in my life? How do I do that? 
How do I see that he, he is at work in my life? His providence is visible, is happening in my life. How do I see that? Well, the first thing this morning you'll see in the screen there is uh, called God's providence is through other people. Well, let's read those scriptures. It says this. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. All right, here is Ruth, marginalized woman at the brink of starvation. She goes to work. But Ruth met a man called Boaz. But Boaz is describing here as a worthy man. So the Hebrew word, it means that a, a, a man of substance. Okay? But, then, but this word, it means two things. The first thing that is that he, had, he was loaded. Okay? He had money. He was rich. He was an entrepreneur. Do entrepreneurs are rich? Or tenderpreneurs are rich? <laughs> Probably Boas today, he could be driving, what car? Ferrari? No? Maserati? Do you know Maserati? No? <laughs> That's Boas. He was loaded. But it is another thing that points out to his, him being worthy. It speaks of his character. So if you carry on reading, for example, in verse 4 of Ruth, you'll see that when he arrived, the first words that come from his mouth is this, the Lord bless you. So he blesses people. So it shows us that he, this man was motivated by God. He was a man of good character. He was a man who loved God. He lived in God's principles. We need men who are not just successful in the marketplace, but are as well successful in their work with Christ. That's what we need today. Ruth's encounter with Boaz, he changed her life. He blessed her. He protected her and took her from poverty to prosperity. How did, how did Ruth's life change? God didn't just in heaven, she look, he looks at Ruth and says, okay, I want to change your life, and then just press the button, ding, and then he, Ruth, Ruth's life just changed. And then she become blessed. No. What happened? God used other people. Are you with me here? So God's providence in the life of Ruth is seen through other people. Let me, so God, the way God works is that he uses people in our lives to bless you. Let me give you an awesome example. My wife and I, we are driving in a freeway, and then we saw this red car. But there are two drivers. We are like shocked. What's going on? And then we, 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 we like drove, and then we checked, and we saw that actually it was a, a father, oh, a man. I don't know if it's a father or not. But a man with a child on the lap, okay, driving on the freeway. We were like fuming, like, what? You know that moment, 
If you pray for, uh, for bad things, you do pray in that moment, right? I pray, not really bad things to happen to them, but I pray that, police, please appear. <laughs> That's what I pray that morning. Police, please appear. But there was no police at all happening there. But when I was preparing this, 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 this teaching, I realized one thing. What that man was doing is so illegal, right? Very illegal. But then when I look at it, I see another thing, which is this. The child was sitting there, even though he was touching the steering wheel, the father was the one touching the, uh, uh, controlling the steering wheel, right? And the child was sitting on his lap. I believe very well the child was not reaching to the pedals down there. So the father was one driving. So what it looked like the child was in control, but in fact who was in control was the father. So isn't that with God? Huh? With God? Let me give you, let me say this. It is illegal to sit in the lap of your, of your, of your driver. All right? But it is not illegal to sit in the lap of your father in heaven. Hallelujah. What happened is this. God is asking us, sit in my lap, my child, and let me drive your life. It's not illegal, okay? Police is not going to catch you because God is in control of your life. So the providence of God is saying there that you, you are where you are not because you are smart, not because you are born in the right side of town, not because... Uh, Oh, oh, probably you're cute. No. You are where you are because of other people. Actually, in the, in the book of Corinthians, it points out very well. You're going to see this in the screen. The book of Corinthians, chapter, chapter 1, verse... Uh, no, chapter 4, verse 7, it says there, says there, For who makes you so superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Hello? Let's pause and think a bit. Your lifetime, how many people God sent in your way? I have my story. You have your story. You all have stories. I believe very well people came in and out of our life in many ways. I remember very well, oh, let me just tell my, a bit of my story. Is that I lost my parents, uh, my parents' support when I was 14 years old. My parents got divorced, and my dad uh, got this um, terminal illness, and my mom was drinking nonstop. So I couldn't further my studies, so I went to study, to push it by myself. What happened is that I'm here today because of people, not my parents, people. <laughs> I remember I received a letter of a, one of my sponsors in my bursary. It was an Australian person. I don't even know the person from Australia. And they wrote a letter to me and said, we are praying for you, we're doing that, we are supporting you until you finish. Even today, I don't even know them. But your story might not be that. Probably 
your story is different. Your parents have been there for you, or they're there for you all the time. And those are the people that God has put there to push you, to help you, to be where you are today. But probably your story is not that. It's not about parents. It's not about sponsors. It might be a teacher. It might be a friend, a colleague, husband, a wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, or sister in Christ who gave you that push to be where you are. So what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying this, this morning is this. There is no one is self-made person. I, do you hear me? Do, 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 have you seen those, uh, those uh, like in the newspaper, you find this entrepreneur, like self-made entrepreneur? Such a lie. There's no human being is self-made in this world. None. You cannot reach anywhere in your life alone. You will always have people in your life. You will always have people. I'm here in front of you today because Pastor Valdir believed in me and gave me the opportunity to stand here. It's because of people. Let me say this. Ruth, she needed someone. And Boaz was the person who blessed her. I believe in our church today, there are people that they need May the Boas stand up here. May the Boas stand up and do something. When you get up there as well, remember that people are the ones who help you to get there. So that you as well become Boas. Are you with me? What the Bible says? It says you are blessed so that you can be a blessing. That's the principle. And that's what we see here. God's providence at work. He uses other people. People come in and out of your life so that you can be where you are today. Well, secondly, firstly, we see people coming in and out of our life. But secondly, it's through our decision. Well, there is, there is. Naomi says, oh, Ruth says to Naomi, his mother-in-law, I'm going to glean in the field. But it, this work of gleaning or collecting leftover is done by poor people. Ruth the Moabite, poor immigrant, in her first day of work, she asked this crazy request, Look at me, look in verse 7. It's going to be in the screen. Look in verse 7. She asked this crazy request. She says this. Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Therefore she came and has remained from the morning until now. So what's happening here is this. Ruth arrives in this field. She is poor. She's an immigrant. Your job is to collect the leftovers. With other people, other women. If you read it here, you'll see there are a lot of women there. There was a woman, there's men, there's everyone there. But then Ruth goes straight to the master, or the, I don't know, the, the controller of the field, or so on. He goes to him and says, oh, here's call him, they call him the overseer. 
I want to glean oh, with those, the main guys who are gleaning first things. And this guy's like, who are you? To come straight, ask you for that? That's what she did. Now, I want you to, 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 to hear me here. If she went in that field and gleaned like all other people, all right, especially those who are poor, you come behind the main guys, she could not have met Boaz. Are you with me here? Huh? She could not have met Boaz. So because she decided, this decision she did, she made this crazy request. That's why Boaz was informed. Why Boaz was informed? Because the, 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 the master of the, the field, he doesn't have an authority to put someone in the main place to, to, to do the sheaves or to glean the sheaves. He doesn't have an authority. Who does that is the owner. So now, when she requested that, the master said, I, can't, I don't have an authority to do that. So let's wait for the owners to come. And the owner, when he came, Boaz, then that's when he was informed that that woman there, you see, so she was singled out in the midst of many, many other people. Do you think Boaz had it, like the field was so big, massive. Do you think Boaz could have just come suddenly discovered her? There are a lot of women there. But he, it happened because of this decision she made of this crazy request. Boaz then asked, who is this woman? In other words, who is this woman who asked this crazy request? And then they told her, now, she's Ruth, she's a widow. So how does God move in our lives? How do we see God's providence? It's through other people, but as well through our decisions. The problem in life is that much of life is not lived in black and white. Okay? We live in the gray area most of the time. We live in the gray area most of the time. I had to, make, uh, uh, I had to trust the wisdom of God to make, to, to, to make a lot of decisions. Let me just give an example here. When I fell in love with my wife, I did not open the Bible. Are you with me here? I did not open the Bible and found somewhere in chapter 3, verse 4, that say, Chico, thou shall marry Lindy Way. There's nothing, there's no verse like that. You can't find it. But how did I know? How did I know? Because of the wisdom of God. God gives us wisdom in Scripture for us to be able to make decisions, right? So I look at Scripture, God gives me wisdom, and I look at Lindy, who I see that she loved the Lord, yes. Is she saved? Yes. Are we connecting, compatible? Yes. There's more than that. Is she gorgeous? Oh, yeah. That's not biblical. <laughs> this is me, okay? This is me. 
So how do we make decisions through God's wisdom? God gives us Proverbs, Psalm, Ecclesiastes for that purpose, for us to make decisions. So the idea of wisdom is the idea of good decision. The fact that there are books in the Bible that are dedicated to equip you for good, to make a good decision, then God is telling you and me this morning, it's okay for you to make good decisions. We, as Christians, we are called to pray. We are called to wait for the Lord. But there are things in life that are so clear in Scripture. Are so clear in Scripture. That he, for example, in Psalm 1, it speaks about do not, do not, do not go in the counsel of scoffers or the sinners or something like that. And you know that this is the counsel of Sinners, do you pray about it? If you do, are you going to ask God, God, please, can I join the council of sinners? No, it's so clear in the Bible that don't. God is telling you that I already told you. Why are you praying for me? Seriously, why are you praying for that? I already told you. Yes, there are things that we don't know. We pray about it, but there are things that are so clear that they tell you. So let's, let, let me just read this scripture in Proverbs. I think it gives us more clarity. It says here, chapter 3, verse, six to, chapter three, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. How do I make decision? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, be in scripture, walk with him, and make decisions. Amen? Be in scripture and make decisions. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. If you're a teenager this morning, there is youth happening on Friday, and then there's a party going on at your friend's house. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit and pray, Lord, please tell, give me a sign, party or youth? Hello? Wisdom. Scripture. Make a decision. I don't know what's going to be best for you at that moment, but you are the one at that moment. God gives you wisdom and make a decision. How does God move in my life? Through other people. Through decisions that I make. And when I make the decision that I make, while I'm walking with him, the whole idea is that while I'm walking with God, He's telling me that I'll give you the opportunity for you to make a decision. That's why I give you scripture for you to do that. But we do that prayerfully. We do that trusting in him. We do that walking with him. Thirdly and lastly, this morning, how do we see the providence of God being manifest in our life? It's through God's favor. Ruth chapter 2 verse 10. So Ruth here is constantly called Ruth the Moabite. Ruth the Moabite. And the author wrote like that, Ruth the Moabite. Well, so then I had to look at the idea of why this guy is calling Ruth the Moabite. So if you read the, the word Moab, it actually means two things. Moab means who. And Ab means father. In other words, who is my father? 
So, Moab was born from incest encounter between Lot and his daughters. And his children was called Moab, meaning, who is my father? So the Israelites despised the Moabites. Despised them. So they were like a, the second class citizen. So, but the narrator over and over again, he continued to call her Ruth the Moabite. Ruth the Moabite. But this Ruth the Moabite meets Boaz, and Boaz blesses her. Can you see the, contra the, the contradiction here? There is an Israelite who despised the Moabites, but somehow this Ruth comes to Boaz's life, and Boaz blesses the person he despises. Look in verse 10 in our passage. It says there, verse 10. It says, Then she fell on, the ground, on her face, bowing on the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should, should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? The word favor, it literally means turn your face towards. Favor is like that. You are like this, and then a person is asking for something and turn your face for or towards. That's the favor. Actually, it comes in number. Remember numbers? It's a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord makes his face shine upon you. That's favor. The idea of favor is the idea of grace. A Moabite from the other side of town, a widow, foreigner, who is blessed with food for the whole month in a first day of work on that boss. Serious, I want that boss. In your first day of work, you're blessed with the salary of the whole month. Hello. The truth here is that she does not deserve all of that. Can you see that? So everything she got, wrote, it was the favor of God. Well, at this moment, I'm thinking about Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Remember what happened there? It's like there's this guy, the, the angel Gabriel came to, to Mary, and when he, he went to Mary and said, I, I came here to announce that you're going to give birth to a child. But he, do, if you read, read Ruth chapter 1, verse 28, the first words that came from angel Gabriel is this word, Blessed are you, O highly favored. So, do you know what Gabriel was telling Mary at that time? He was telling her, you're not chosen because of your looks. You're not chosen because of, because of your qualification. You're not chosen because you live in Israel. You're not chosen because you are beautiful. You're not chosen because of you. You are chosen because of the favor of God. So by the grace of God, you are, you, you are breathing today because of his favor. By the grace of God, you have a job because of his favor. By the grace of God, you are here by his favor. Favor, favor, favor of God. The Bible says this. For those who are in Christ, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That God is in us so that 
That makes me special. But the whole idea of us being special is not because of me, it's because the one that lives in me. So your ability to think comes from God. Your ability to, to make money comes from God. Your ability to be genius in maths comes from God. At any given time, God can touch you and take away everything. At any given time, God can touch you and make you not make money anymore. We are privileged, we are blessed, we are highly favored, no matter who you are, because of God. It's because of God you're favored. It's because of his grace. Did Ruth deserve it? Not at all. She was a Moabite. She was a foreigner. She was a widow. There were a lot of women in that place that day. But Ruth stood out. She was protected. She was fed. She ended up marrying the man. She ended up becoming part of the genealogy of Jesus. It's only by God's favor. Your life today, my life today, is not because of me. Where I am today, where you are today, it's not because of me. It's because of God's favor. Last week, we, all of us celebrated the, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross because of your sin. Do you think we deserve that? Do you think Jesus came from heaven, came from heaven and came and died, suffered, and rose again from death because we are beautiful? Because we look good? Because we think properly or because we live in the capital city of South Africa? Nothing. Nothing that we have, nothing that we are, we deserve it. We receive this because of the grace of God. God graciously came and bestowed his love to you. Graciously came and said, I'm coming to rescue you and take you out of uh, the bondage of sin. It's by grace, friends. This morning, friends, I want to remind you that don't ever think that God is not at work in our lives. His providence is so clear. He brings people, right? He brings people in our lives. I'm a great testament of that. I have different people coming in and out of my life. And me as well, I've been in many people's life. It's like that, we do that. And that's it's God, how God provides for you. But it's not only that. God as well, he brings, he, 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 makes, he makes his providence visible in our life because of the decision that we make. As we walk with him, right? As we walk with him, we make different decisions. And he says, I'm going to bless you through what you, you're deciding. But he, all in all, it's all by his favor. When I look at my life, I see it as like, where am I to receive this grace? We are mighty to receive this favor. I do not deserve it. But by his grace, he has blessed us with his son to come and die for us. Ah, this morning I just want to spend some time in prayer because this is so powerful and so deep that he, I want us to pray.
if you, if you really think that this morning my heart is not there, I'm not connecting with God, I need to get to know him better. Because uh, let me remind you, you receive this by God's favor. It's not that we deserve. And every single person here, the favor of God is upon you. And as well, like, let me remind you that if you feel like you're frustrated in life, you are in that place that where I was, I was asking questions, why is going on? What this is, why this is happening to me? Let me remind you, God is at work in your life. And one day when you look back, you're going to say, now I know why God put me through that. Life is best understood, backward, but we have to live forward. Are you with me this morning? Why don't you stand up? Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father, how grateful we are this morning for your love, Lord. Your love is immeasurable. We hear that song that says, about, speaks about your love, Lord. Father, we pray that this morning your word spoke so highly to us. And I pray that when you look at Ruth's life, we see this woman who did not deserve anything she got. But she was blessed. Even us, Lord Jesus, as we stand here, we look at our life, how sinful we are. We messed up all the time. But you came from heaven, died on the cross, that painful death, rose again from death so that me and you can live today. Father, we are so grateful for who you are, Lord Jesus. And indeed, Lord Jesus, this morning, we see your providence being manifested in our life through other people, through our decisions, and as well through your favor. We see your providence being manifested every single moment, Lord Jesus. If I was doubting that God is really at work in my life, today, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that indeed God is at work in our lives. Father, thank you for your blessing this morning. May you be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me say a benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, lastly, I just want to remind you guys about the one series. One series done in a couple of churches here in Swanee. So it's a group of churches happening, and it's a powerful series all month of, of May. It's a good opportunity for you to invite a friend or colleague or family to come along to hear about this One Heart series. It's powerful. So don't miss out on that. Bring people, bring friends to enjoy this wonderful series. So may I bless you, and have a wonderful week. Thank you. Thank you.